Hi, welcome to the Living Hope Young Adult Podcast Chosen. I'm your host, Abby Llewellyn. In this podcast, we break down what it means to be chosen by God, called to ministry, and to serve in our local church. These are stories of our leaders and pastors and how they were specifically chosen to ministry. This is Chosen. Today I have Catherine Brisolara on the podcast. I've known Catherine for a little over three years, which is why it's a little bit embarrassing that I had to ask how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> um, but whenever my family and I first moved to Bowling Green, Catherine was immediately so welcoming and loving towards me, um, and she's become one of my closest friends. And so I'm beyond excited to get to know her a little bit better today and to spend time with her and hear her story. Um, so Catherine, why don't you share a little bit about your family with us? Um, yes. <laughs> First, can I say I'm really excited to be here and exceedingly nervous. So yeah. I'm really worried about what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm nervous too, so it's okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I am married to Matt Brasilera. He is the media director. And I have two children, Weston, who's 12, and Virginia, who is eight. Awesome. And we've been here since 2015 yeah. in Bowling Green. Awesome. Okay, and I'm going to ask you some get-to-know-you questions. I'm ready. Okay, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Um, England. I don't know. I really want to go to London. Yeah. I've been to Paris, but I've never been to London. You have been to Paris. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. What is your favorite hobby? I have a lot, and they vary from time to time. Currently, my favorite hobby is riding a bike. Yeah. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. And you have to tell everybody about what we did for your birthday. (laughs) So I turned 40 last month, and some crazy person suggested that when you turn 40, you cycle that many miles. So we cycled 40 miles, and we called it the Tour to 40, and we had a bunch of people from the church do 40 miles in our neighborhood. And it was a lot of fun. And we're going to do it next year. And it was painful. (laughs) painful. (laughs) But it was really good. It was fun. Have you ever had a nickname? When? What was it? Well, Cat in college. They called me Cat. And I initiated it because I never liked my name growing up. But I liked Cat. But then after college, it was Catherine. So Mm -hmm. when Matt and I first started dating, he called me Cat. It was Matt and Cat whenever we introduced ourselves. And people would all be like, oh, that's easy to remember. Yeah. So that's really cute. Yeah, it's cute. (laughs) If you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? I don't think there's one album. I think you and I, we have such a passion for music. I like all different kinds and all different seasons of the year and life. And I tend to find music that I will probably burn and then get tired of it and then move on to something else. Currently right now I'm listening to a lot of need to breathe because I'm getting ready for their concert in Nashville later this year. So, yes, absolutely. Okay. This one requires a little bit of thinking. What's one thing that you'll never do again? (laughs) Me ride 40 miles. No, you're doing it next year. I will. I will never do again. Yeah. I don't know if I'll never do again. I can tell you something I will never do. I will never skydive. Okay. Or bungee jump. Yeah. I have a fear of heights and to that degree. Yeah. And so I can, I struggle with airplanes, Mm -hmm. but 
jumping out of an airplane is even worse. So yeah. never going to happen. Okay. On a scale of one to 10, how funny would you say you are? <laughs> I know that you want to say 10. I want to say 11. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> no, I have a very interesting humor and um, I would say probably seven or eight. I disagree. I feel like 11 is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Ooh, I'm not, I'm pretty laid back. I would say okay. five or six. Really? It's pretty, it's pretty simple. Yeah. I have like 30. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Abby admits she has 30 pairs of shoes. Yes, I do. What would you sing at karaoke night? Ooh, ooh. Okay, so I'm an 80s baby, but I grew up on 90s music. In high school, it was 90s hip-hop. And my favorite 90s hip-hop song was um, No Diggity. No Diggity. <laughs> no yes. doubt, you know. That's a horrible awesome. song. but <laughs> That fits your personality really well. Yeah. yeah. Okay, if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? to um I think just to chill I overanalyze everything and Mm -hmm. I take it to heart too much so I make a lot of assumptions about what other people are thinking Mm -hmm. and how I think they think about me and I just just let it go yeah just chill for sure yeah okay and I think we're gonna go ahead and jump into our chosen questions all right So I know that you were raised in Mississippi Mm -hmm. and you went to college in Mississippi. So tell me about what your plans for your life were at that point. I think in, first off, Mississippi is God's country. In case you didn't know that. Not Kentucky. Okay. (laughs) But um, I I don't really know entirely sure what my, what my plans were. I, I was struggling. I didn't, I had five or six different paths in college that I wanted to do. And I was probably just floating around, just trying to make time until something just came up. Yeah. And um, yeah, I I didn't really know what to do. But a lot of things happened at the end of college or at the end of my time in Mississippi that kind of brought me down a path to where we are here. For sure. So when did you meet your husband, Matt? We were working at a restaurant together in the kitchen and... I had, I was young and dumb at that time, <laughs> and I wanted to upgrade my friends, and I was in toxic friendships at that time, and I just needed a life change, and so I started talking to some friends there, and Matt was in a band, believe it or not, a punk rock band, and I got invited to one of his concerts, and you know, love at first sight from there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen pictures of this punk rock right? band, and it's amazing. <laughs> so you both eventually decided to move to Murfreesboro in right. around, I said in Nashville, but it's not in Nashville. Yeah. Um, why did you decide this? Well, Matt, we were dating at the time, and like I said, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was maybe had ideas of what I wanted to do, but not really sure. Mm. That was a long time ago. And uh, we were dating, and Matt said all right, I'm going to go to Murfreesboro. I'm going to MTSU, get my degree in recording industry. I'm like, wow, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And you would think I'm pretty independent in the sense that um, I, I'm 
kind of an alpha personality. And, but at that time I was like, well, if he's going to go, I'm going to go. Yeah. And I knew subconsciously that he was the one at that time. And so I was like, okay, I'll go too. Yeah. So I went to MTSU and got my degree in recording industry, but I did music business side of it. Mm-hmm. He did audio engineer. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I, we moved to Murfreesboro. Yeah. So then you got married. Mm-hmm while living in Murfreesboro. Yes. Yeah. So after we graduated, he proposed and I was like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then we lived there there too. Yeah. We lived there and he got a job after he graduated at our church there. Okay. So it's been church life. Yeah, for sure. Ever since. So a couple days ago, you told me this story Uh about how God redirected your paths in a very physical way. Yes. And I need you to tell this story because Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, terrifying, but incredible. So I know it's funny. I, it just came to me the other day when we were talking about some stuff and, and I, I don't often think about it too, too much, but there were two times in my life that God like physically almost in a sense said, nope, you're going to go this way. So when we were living, um, well, when we were in Startful, Mississippi, this was before we moved to Tennessee, I somehow, I don't even remember how this happened. I met a guy who had a recording studio in a neighboring town and somehow we met and he's like, yeah, let's, let's record a, you know, an album. Let's write some music. And, you know, I love to sing and I love music. And I was like, yes, let's do that. Got so excited, started writing some songs and I'm thinking, this is it. This is the start of my career. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe a couple of weeks later, a month later, a tornado came and destroyed the recording studio. I never heard from the guy again. Contract was done. I mean, it was nothing ever happened after that. And that was it. That's all she wrote. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess that's not it. <laughs> right. And then when we were living in Murfreesboro, this is after being married and after having kids, you know, young at that time, very difficult. I wanted to move back home. I wanted to go back to Mississippi. I wanted to be close to my family, his family too, which are not far. And um, that's what I wanted to do. And so I, at that time, worked for hotels. I was a manager, and I made the decision to go down and apply for a hotel position. And I got the job in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, Matt wasn't too crazy about it. I could tell this was definitely a, a, a sensitive subject at the time. Mm-hmm. And again, a couple weeks later, tornado went through town, destroyed the hotel. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Yes. And then you just kept living in Murfreesboro until yeah. he got the job here? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then you told me this and I, my mind was blown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told you that my dad and I had a conversation a while ago. We were talking about Jonah mm-hmm. and how Jonah was fleeing from God's plan. And then all of a sudden, whale swallows him. Right. You know, um, And so we kind of made this joke of like, we should start asking people, what is your whale? So that we can, because everybody goes through a time where they run away from whatever God's Mm -hmm. plan is. And so it was just this really kind of funny thing that Mm -hmm. we started, you know, kind of saying. And then you told me this news, I immediately thought about it. Because I was like, that's your whale. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. So why do you think God redirected you? Well, 
I don't know if you, and I noticed it when I was just explaining it, that I said, I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do this. I wanted to go here. I wanted, it was all about me. I I was centered on what I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. I was like, nope, God's got a better plan. Yeah. I have no clue what that was at the time. But always looking back, hindsight, like, oh, this is way better, you know? Yeah. So then Matt got the job at Living Hope. Mm-hmm. So although you knew that the calling God had on your family wasn't only for Matt, mm-hmm. was it difficult to see God's plan before it had come full circle? Oh, yes. I think it's hard to see God's plan come full circle all the time. Because mm-hmm. I, I think for me, and I would think in general, again, I'm not I'm not a biblical scholar. I, I will not profess to be that. I'm not a trained minister in any way. So I'm speaking to my experiences that um, I don't know if I'll ever see God's full plan until I'm in heaven, mm-hmm. until the wrath of God has come on this earth and we are in heaven with him. And then we'll be like, oh, yeah, we see it now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the plan. For sure. Yeah. And But right now, seeing the plan and seeing where we are at this stage in our life and where we are at this church, so much has happened just in the last three years, five years. Mm-hmm. Actually, it'll be six years in October that we've been yeah. here. So a lot for me spiritually has mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. And I'm so glad he brought you all here and he brought my family here because mm-hmm. um, we've been here almost four years. And so... Yeah, I feel like I've known you most of that time, which has been really, really awesome. Yay. So what was the hardest part about moving to Bowling Green, and did you ever feel like you couldn't do it? The hardest part was, first off, the roads here in Bowling Green don't make any sense. You mm-hmm. cannot get from point A to point B on the other side of town in a direct path. That drives me crazy. It took yeah. me forever to figure out how to get around town. Mm-hmm. That was hard. I know that seems trivial, but at that time not I, I was willing to move here Matt got yeah. the job and I'm like okay let's go but deep down I'm like I don't want to go I don't know anything about this I am such an insecure person and then I get here and then I blame my problems on the road system here <laughs> I find ways to blame somebody yeah and um but it was hard but then like you said you know you and I met and we became friends. Mm -hmm. There was someone here too that I met. After a while, it was really hard because it was meeting people at a new church, big church, very difficult. But she grabbed me by the hand and took me to an ABF class. And I sat in there for a year or so, and that just started it all. I feel like there was such a, a black cloud at the beginning, but then when she took my hand and we went to the class together. I met her parents. They became like my second parents. And we met other people in, in this ABF class. And it was just, I think that was really the start for me. Yeah. I think you're a lot like me where it's not difficult for you to talk to people, but mm-hmm. it's difficult to start a conversation with someone. It's scary. Yeah. And so what kind of helped you get through those times where you were struggling well she definitely helped a lot she knew everybody everybody knew her and so I was kind of the side person Mm -hmm. and then at some point there were several sermons that our pastor has done on serving Mm -hmm. and I feel very convicted 
And I was like, you know, I'm just going to class and my husband works here. And at first I wasn't even doing a class and I'm just a participant. I'm like, mm. that's not right. It's not what we're called to be. Yeah. We're called to, to do, to go and to serve. And so I did. I started to serve. I went into the welcome team and got my feet wet there. And then it just kind of went other directions too from there. And then became on the worship team and yeah. And then Women of Hope team. And so. For sure. Once you got settled in, this is kind of what you were just talking about. When did you start getting involved in church? Um, but also, how did you get involved with the worship team? Well, I love music. And mm-hmm. I was really excited about the worship team. And I love what they were doing and wanted to be a part of it. And I, I started off with the welcome team. And that f- was great doing mm-hmm. some stuff there, but I still kept feeling that nudge. I'm like, no, go, go do this. Go try at least, mm-hmm. you know, be brave, Catherine, step out of your comfort zone. And yeah. so then when Baird came on, Jason Baird, I was like, okay, I'll go talk to him. And then went from there. Yeah. How, what has been the greatest thing you've learned since moving to Bowling Green? Hmm. I would say to not take things so serious. Okay. I tend to do that all the time. And I'm learning a lot from other leaders in our church. And I, we have talked about him before, Pastor Bill Wade. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> He's good. And I just, I admire his calmness about things. And mm-hmm. he may have a calm attitude on the surface and, who knows what's going on inside, but I just love how he presents everything and just calms my heart whenever I hear him talk to, mm-hmm. to any situation or just to talk in general. And the last time he spoke um, or preached in our main worship service, I'm still, that still carries with me. Yeah. And I just have a lot of respect for him. And, and I feel that he doesn't take himself as seriously. And I just want to do that too, as yeah. much. And he, taught a sermon in college this last semester where he said I have anxiety about nothing and I was like whoa how is that possible yeah so he will be on the podcast and so I want to ask him about that so just kind of share his secrets because I think everybody feels anxiety oh yes um all right so although I would be personally so upset would you be willing to move again if God called your family to Yes, it would be hard. Mm-hmm. I would, I would not, I would lie if I said it wouldn't because we have already roots here. Mm-hmm. But if God called him somewhere else, I think after what has happened in the past six years and how I struggled at the first two years mm-hmm. of it, that I have grown so much in my faith that I can look now. I, I would like to say I can look now and say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you do a lot with women of hope Mm -hmm. and you kind of put together the worship for the events um so when did you begin serving in the women of hope ministry Uh, about a year ago peggy duncan came to me and was like you know like to help out with the leadership team and it's for women and going back to what we first talked about at the beginning where i said i was looking to upgrade my french friends in college, I had a lot of toxic friendships with girls. They were friends of mine that I'd known for years, and it just, it was not good. None of those um, friendships were 
geared around Christ. It was all not where it should be. Mm -hmm. And so I had a sour taste for women. I didn't trust women. And sometimes I still struggle with that, you know. But when she said that, I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Inside, I was freaking out. But in the other part, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. challenge accepted. Yeah. (laughs) And it's been great. I've learned a lot. And I have so many more quality female friendships from this ministry and just in general from the young adults ministry, from women like you that have helped me to overcome that. So, yeah, it's been good. What's your favorite Women of Hope memory? Um, I'm going to have to say our conference two years ago in 2018. Mm-hmm. Was it 2018 or 2019? It was 2019. Okay. <laughs> in like, November. Because that, it was before I became, oh, I was part of the leadership team, but um, Jen Wilkins came and spoke, mm-hmm. and I just was floored mm-hmm. by her teaching and how inadequate my Bible studies were and how she presented it in a teacher format in the sense of just read it, read it again. Mm-hmm. Okay, read it again. And then over time, the repetition of reading and reading it, God just really speaks to you in those different parts of the of the text. And it's just like, whoa, I didn't get that. Okay, I'm reading again. Oh, I see that part now. And the retention is much stronger. Now, am I good at it? No. But I just, I still hold on to that. Right. And I loved all the women who came, not just from our church, but from the community. Yes. I yeah. loved that about it. So mm-hmm. for sure. That was my favorite. So what would you say to someone who hasn't seen God's plan come full circle yet? Hmm. Be patient. Mm -hmm. That's so much easier said than done. Yes. Because I'm not patient. (laughs) I want something done, I'll go do it. If I ask my husband to do something and he doesn't do it to my standards in a timely manner, Mm -hmm. I just go do it, right? And that's a struggle, I think, for a lot of people to just be patient and just wait. Yeah. Because so much of that growth can come in the waiting. I think you and I have talked about that before, about Mm -hmm. just waiting in the moment, waiting for what God has planned next, or maybe just not seeing the next step that God has for you. That's so difficult. And, but so, so much growth. And maybe that's something to think about too, is that you have to grow before the next step can come. And that's what he's doing in your life at that time is helping you to grow. Right. Yeah. What do you think it means to be chosen by God? Mm. I think we're all chosen. We all have a purpose. Mm. Um, Each one is maybe for a specific part, but as a blanket, we're all chosen to be disciples, to create disciples. We're all chosen to, to take as many people with us in the name of Jesus I feel that just each one may be doing it a little different way, different ministries with different skill sets or different talents, but to be chosen, such a beautiful word mm-hmm. and sometimes scary at the same time. Yeah. But I think that's also the warmth of what Jesus has for us is that we are chosen and loved by him, whatever he has for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny to look at the Bible and, you know, I started thinking about like, well, Ruth was chosen, mm-hmm. you know, and David was chosen and um, 
Mary was chosen. And then I'm like, everybody was chosen. You know, mm-hmm. if you think of any story in the Bible, you realize that all of them were chosen. It's no different for us today. So. Yeah. And they didn't know what their purpose entirely was, except right. for Mary, an angel coming and saying, yes. you will be the mother of Jesus. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the same things happen where fear, mm-hmm. you know, sets in and, and we all have to go through this waiting time um, to see the goodness that comes out of it. So, yep. Yeah. How can we listen to our calling when we don't want to? Mm. It's hard because I know that there's a lot of paths that some people have to take as part of their walk. Um, I know if there's trials in your life or if there are things that you're going through now, all right, say the question again. I want to make sure I answer this good. How can we listen to our calling when we don't want to? I think that's going to be an internal issue. Mm-hmm. Because we really have to rely on the Holy Spirit and discernment, I think, in parts of what you want to do versus what God has planned for you. Because His way is better than your way just in the way that I wanted to go and do X, Y, Z tornado comes in and says, Nope, Mm -hmm. Catherine, you're just, you're just not getting it. I'm going to physically turn you this way. And it's hard for those moments, but you do grow from those moments as well. God doesn't give trials. They come from our selfishness. So my selfishness to do this was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he turned that around for his glory because he changed and is like, nope, we're going to go this way. And then I look back on that and I give him glory for it. Mm -hmm. So we got to remember that listen to the Holy spirit of what's in your heart. You have to have a strong relationship with God. Otherwise your voice is going to be louder than what the Holy spirit's voice is Mm -hmm. because only in that quiet time, are you going to be able to hear him gently talk to you? Yeah. So remember that to discern between your voice versus the Holy spirit. And make that decision. Okay, I realize that this is the Holy Spirit. And then go for it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Because His way is going to be always better than your way. He has so much more planned for you than you will ever know. And that's I know that I feel like I have missed out on so much in life because I've chosen to make my own decisions. Yeah. And that's that's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Yeah. We have similar stories. We've talked about this. Mm -hmm. We're... You were moved here with your family. I was moved here with my family. Um, And I also tried to move back home. I Mm. tried to, and it didn't work for me. And so you did kind of answer this, but I want to ask it just to repeat what you said because it was really powerful. Um, My question was going to be, how can we tell the difference between what we want and what God wants for us? Mm -hmm. And I just love what you said, you know, don't let your voice be louder than God's voice. I just love that. Yeah. It's really great. It's, It's so much, it's so easy to do that. Yeah. And you have to make sure that your walk with God is strong. Mm. Otherwise, your voice will be louder. Right. So that sure. relationship is very important. The reading of the scripture is very important. Mm. And studying the scripture. And I'm speaking to the choir because I know I'm not perfect. A lot of times my voice is louder. And God's going to direct me again. And that's where you also have to ask for God's direction too. So you go to the scripture, you seek the guidance that's coming from there, and then you pray about it. You talk to God about it. Ask for that discernment. Ask to, sometimes I have literally asked God, can you speak up please? (laughs) I have literally asked that. Yes. 
And then I laugh back, go, Catherine, did you really just say that? (laughs) Yeah. How can we be there for friends who are struggling with the plan God has laid out for them? First, you have to make sure you have the right friends. You have to make sure that you have godly friends that are around you. And you, if you are seeing, if you are that friend who is seeing someone struggling, the love of Christ coming from you and speaking to them in that way, and we're here to help each other, you know. I would hope that if someone was speaking to me that way, that I would take it in that way. And you have to be, be open. We have to be vulnerable for those conversations among believers because we are all the body of Christ, and we're here for a purpose and we do this together too. Yeah. Okay, I want to share a verse that I just felt like fit really well with your story. This is Romans eight twenty eight. It says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I'm super encouraged by your obedience to God and how you and your family listen to the calling on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone is listening who doesn't know Catherine, please like come to me or, you know, mm-hmm. go to her. She is amazing and a gem and a beautiful woman of God. So thank you, Catherine. And I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs>